Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the Fat Boys Dynasty Podcast presented by the Fantasy Holics. Um, let's just jump straight into this. What a crazy week three we had. I mean, we had some great games to look at. We had the Miami and, and Buffalo game, and then you had Tennessee and, and, and the Raiders, and then you had Kansas City getting upset. Um, and then, of course, the best game of the week was your Atlanta Falcons. And my Seattle Seahawks. So let's just sit right there. We got together. We had a little food. Let's just... pretty sure it wasn't the the ten to eleven uh, showcase that God, we saw that was... last night on uh, Sunday Night Football. I'll get into that one here shortly. That was uh, unfortunately that I stayed awake and watched that. I should have went night night. Sure. Um, sure. But uh, let's get into our appetizer split. I know we went to eat together and hung out, and we definitely didn't split an appetizer. Um, no, no, no. But we will split this game. I'll let you hit up on the uh, Seahawks offense on what you saw. Yeah, so, you know, the one thing that I thought was really interesting is the, the Falcons' defense, having watched all three th- games of the Falcons so far, this is the worst the defense has looked, and that's a big credit, I think, to you guys' offense. And Gino really, uh, up until that forced throw at the end of the game, um, when he threw that, that pretty bad interception, he actually had a pretty good game. Uh, definitely fantasy relevant as well. He had uh, uh, 32 completions on 44 attempts, 325 yards passing, uh, and two touchdowns to go along with that one interception that was, like I said, was very late in the game. Other than that, he absolutely torched the defense. Um, uh, Rashad Penny was the leader on the ground for you guys. 14 uh, attempts, 66 yards, averaged 4.7 yards a carry. And then... Uh, you had two wide receivers in that game that were really the focal point. You had Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf both with over ten targets in this in this game. Tyler Lockett had eleven targets, nine receptions, seventy six yards receiving. DK had twelve targets, five receptions, sixty four yards, and a touchdown. Um, you also had Will Disley had another three receptions for thirty four yards and a touchdown there. Um, so you guys' pass catching offense was definitely. Um, the focal point of that game for you guys definitely moved the ball very well. And, uh, again, like I said, without that um, terrible throw on to, at, at the end of the game, Gino had a pretty damn good game otherwise. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, uh, we were unable to pull it out due to that late uh, interception. Um, the um, Gino's actually top 10 in QBR on the season, too. I just was looking through those a little while ago. Gino has only missed, like, less than 20 passes all year so he's been efficient just not um good enough to win some games i mean we do got one win um as for your guys' offense you guys move the ball pretty well against a, a young defense lackluster defense to say the least uh mariota went 13 to 20 for 229 and uh i believe that's uh one touchdown um patterson um Patterson was your guys' lead carrier or leading running back with 17 carries, 141 yards, and a touchdown. Um, uh, Kyle Pitts got back on track uh, with with five catches and 80 and uh, was that 84 yards? Yeah, uh, yeah, 80, 87 yards. Sorry, I can't read my own writing sometimes when I get to jotting it quick. Uh, London had three catches or three catches on six targets. Um, and a touchdown. Atlanta looked good. Your guys' offense looked fairly decent um, out there. Um, just, I mean, you guys kind of just moved the ball up and down on on our weak uh, our weak young defense. Um, so, I mean, there's really nothing that stands out to me uh, on your offense. Um, it, it seems like Patterson's going to be boom or bust every week. Uh, one week you'll get a good Patterson performance. Next week you might not get anything. 
Um, and I think Kyle Pitts, I think they realize that it's time to get Kyle Pitts involved. Um, sorry, yeah, so your, your, offense, yeah. your, your offense is starting to roll, I think. Yeah, I know, and, and for people who didn't watch the game as closely as I, uh, as we both did, Brant, um, we've we've had a lot of questions on Cordero Patterson and a lot of questions on Kyle Pitts on our Sunday morning start sits. Um, and one thing I will say that, that it should make people rest a little easier on Kyle Pitts is um, the the typical way a game starts is a, is a team has about ten to fifteen plays that are scripted, right? Like they've practiced those plays, they're ready uh, to go for, go for the first week. And, and it was very uh, air apparent that Arthur Smith wanted the ball on Kyle Pitts' hand because that first offensive drive of Atlantis, he had the ball in his hand just about every every opportunity that, that Mariota could get it to him. So, uh, And there were several opportunities for both Drake London and Kyle Pitts to get more, um, but Mariota overthrew him on deep balls as well a couple of times. So that's definitely worth noting. So, um, And I, I do want to say that I'm going to talk about Cordero Patterson a little bit later on in this episode as well. Um, yeah. So, do you want to go to your entree of the week, or do you want me to hit mine? I could jump into mine. Mine was uh, mine was probably one of the most fun games to watch this week, and we caught the end of it as we met up uh, later in the day to watch our three o'clock game. It was at Miami, and and uh, Miami running into that juggernaut of the Buffalo Bills, and uh, they shut them down. Um, I can't say they shut them down. They did put an L in their column. Um, Buffalo had to travel on a short week. Um, to to Miami in the hot, humid. There was a lot of players getting cramped up. There's a lot of you know people running in and out, in and out of that game. Um, but let's talk about the Bills first. Josh Allen threw the ball 63 times, completed 42 passes for 400 yards, two touchdowns. He spread the ball out pretty nicely. He had 11 different pass catchers um, during that game. Um, Singletary led the way with nine carries and nine catches for a total of 92 yards and one touchdown. Diggs went 7 for 74. He just didn't get his touchdown this week. So Diggs did dig things, just didn't find the end zone 2, 3, 4, 19 times, however many he's found it this season already. Um, and then Miami, um, Tua took a big hit in the second. He came back. Uh, they say it was a, a back injury. I, honestly, not 100% sure what's going on with Tua. He's on a short week. Um, keep an eye on that. Um, I know that uh, he uh, got hit, got back up, fell back down, and had to come out for a little bit. Um, so I keep an eye on that. He went 13 of or 13 of 18 for 186 yards and one touchdown. Waddle led the way with four catches and 102 yards. The backfield is still a complete mystery there in Miami. Um, Edmonds saw 44% of the snaps, but had two touchdowns on. You know, on those 44% of the snaps. So he's obviously getting the goal line. Mostert had 56% of the snaps. And so, I mean, it's really – I don't know if anybody's start-worthy. If they don't get a touchdown, nobody's really going to hang fantasy points in that in that uh, uh, backfield. But the biggest news to me was, after looking through these stats, is the Bills dominated this game. 495 total yards of offense to 212 yards of total offense. The Bills dominated this game and still somehow came out on the losing end of it. Yeah, the, the uh, Mark Sanchez too wanted to let everybody know he's very, very thankful he's off the hook with the with the butt fumble several years ago with the uh, the punt for the safety off of uh, the uh, the uh, Gunners 
butt there in the uh, the end zone. I know we got a good laugh at that when we were uh, all sitting together watching the games there at the restaurant. <laughs> is, so. he, is he really off the hook, or is his name being brought back up even more now? <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, 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 a little bit. Uh, so let's a game that I watched close, closely um, was one that I'm not sure I wanted to watch closely, but I found myself, it was like a train wreck. I couldn't look away. Um, that was the Houston Texans traveling to Chicago to take on the Chicago Bears. Um, really, Davis Mills had a pretty pretty uh, bad game. Uh, 20 for 32, 245 yards, one touchdown, two interceptions. Um, and really, there's not a whole lot to write home about. I mean, you know, if the one thing for the pass catchers that I'd take away from this week is Brandon Cooks was targeted heavily. He just didn't catch many of them. He had two uh, two receptions for 22 yards, so real, real uh, off day for Brandon Cooks. Uh, the one lone bright spot, spot of this Texans offense was Damian Pierce finally did um, what everybody wanted to see Damian Pierce do. He had 20 rushes for 80 yards, averaged four, four yards a carry, added a touchdown with that, and then had another two receptions for 21 yards on the ground. So um, definitely good to see Damian Pierce doing Damian Pierce things. Now on the Chicago side of the ball, obviously, uh, first quarter they had a pretty nasty injury to running back David Montgomery. Uh, Looked to be a knee injury. Not sure how long he's going to miss for sure. I know right now it's listed as day-to-day, but it's Khalil Herbert season there. If you own Khalil Herbert or if he's available on your waivers, that probably should be um, the number one waiver claim this week. Uh, Khalil Herbert had 20 rushes for 157 yards and two touchdowns uh, to uh, go on the ground there, which was oddly enough three more attempts with the ball than Justin Fields had passing. Justin Fields, another lackluster day, Eight completions out of 17 attempts for 106 yards and two two interceptions, excuse me. He did, however, save a little bit of face as a fantasy uh, quarterback with eight rushes for 47 yards. So still not a great day um, and really nothing to take away from the pass catchers here. Uh, maybe take a little bit of solitude uh, from the fact that uh, Darnell Mooney uh, had six targets this week. Uh, maybe that's something you can grasp at there and, and you know, hold out a little bit of hope. But other than that, this game was pretty lackluster. Um, not a whole lot of answers here unless you happen to be in a bind and started Khalil Herbert. You uh, may be a very happy person. Otherwise, there's probably not a lot from this game you were happy about. Yeah, that game wasn't wasn't much to uh, talk about there, um, unfortunately. Uh, I was really hoping to see that Bears uh, open up their offense, but um, that didn't seem like that was going to happen. Um, so no, no, it didn't. My dessert. And it definitely was not a dessert. It should have been bedtime, more or less. Um, was the um, Niners, or the Broncos at the Niners. Um, the Niners did exactly what I assumed their offense would do. Um, hand the ball off to either Debo or Jeff Wilson a few times. And then let um, Jimmy G uh, throw it a couple times there in the game. Um that was a punt fest. That game was a punt fest. I think it was over 15 punts total in that game. Um, nine straight drives, the Broncos went three and out. The are not straight. Nine drives, the Broncos went three and out, the most in Russell Wilson's career. Um, like I said, it, Jimmy G managed the game. He did throw one, one uh, turnover. Um, but other than that, I mean, Jimmy G just does what Jimmy G does. Um, handles, just manages the game he went. Uh, 18 of 29 for 211 yards. Um, not much to write home about. Uh, Debo saw five targets. 
Um, and no, sorry, Debo had five catches on eight targets. I'm reading this backwards. And Ayuk also saw eight targets and received three catches. Um, the uh, only thing is, is Russ did look a little bit better. He looked a little more comfortable at times. Um, I still don't see the chemistry there with his wide receivers. Jerry Judy dropped that deep ball that was wide open. Um, Russ put it right in the basket, and Judy dropped it, and then he dropped another one earlier in the game right off his chest. Um, but Sutton definitely that one that that Judy one you're talking about where he did have his guy beat. They did go back and look at that. He, the guy did the defender did get a little bit of a finger on it, so it may have thrown it off just enough that Judy didn't catch it. But Judy's a professional athlete; he still probably should have came down with that. Yeah. Oh, uh, another thing I wanted to point out about Jimmy G is how nicely he spread the ball out. He had four different receivers with three or more catches there, um, and. Uh, Sutton looks to be the um, guy for Russell. He had eight catches on ten targets for 97 yards. Uh, Melvin Gordon had the lone touchdown for Denver, and Ayuk had the lone touchdown for um, the 49ers. That's that's really all that game was. Was I mean, if you if you're punting, I guess if you got punters in your league, congratulations. Yes, those punters were the high scorers out of that yeah. game. If there's a way to track their scoring, I mean, uh, I, I, there was I saw a stat this morning that there was what like eight total punts pinned inside the five yard line in that game. Yeah, uh, so that was definitely an impressive uh, display. If you uh, Pat McAfee probably really enjoyed that game, <laughs> um, but I, I did not, uh, and a lot of others probably didn't enjoy it for fantasy purposes either. Um, so I'm going to wrap my, my big boy meal of the week up with a little bit of dessert, too, that also had uh, a little bit of sour taste in my mouth just because I expected things to be a little better. Um, we I, I have the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars traveling to the Los Angeles Chargers. Um, Trevor Lawrence looks to be uh, finally what we hope to see out of Trevor Lawrence. 28 completions out of 39 attempts, 262 yards for three touchdowns uh, through the air. Uh, running back wise, you had James Robinson with 17 attempts, 100 yards, 5.9 yards per carry, one touchdown. Um, he did have a 50 yard touch. That touchdown was a 50 yard run, so that definitely helped his day. Uh, and then Travis Etienne had 13 carries as well for 45 yards. Uh, and then if you go to the pass catchers, these guys all had a pretty good gate day you had uh, zay jones with 11 targets 10 receptions 85 yards and a touchdown christian kirk with nine targets six receptions 72 yards and a touchdown and marvin jones jr with seven targets four receptions 33 yards and a touchdown um, definitely a good good day for the charge or the jaguars not so much for the guys on the other side of the ball herbert was dealing with that that rib issue obviously the shot still had him in a little bit of pain um, did not look himself at all. He completed 25 out of 45 passes for 297 yards, one touchdown, one interception. Um, you know, Austin Eckler, um, not not off to a very good start. A lot, a lot of people probably drafted him a lot higher uh, than uh, what they're getting the production return on. Four carries for five yards out of the backfield this week. Uh, definitely lackluster. Then if you go to the pass catchers, uh, uh Palmer had nine targets, six yards, ninety-nine or six receptions for ninety-nine yards, um, and then Austin Eckler had eight targets for eight receptions for forty-eight yards. So a little bit of saving face from Eckler with his pass catching ability, um, but still a pretty pretty ho hum day. Um, and then you had the one touchdown catch was Mike Williams' lone catch of the day, a fifteen-yard touchdown. So definitely woefully underperformed on the end of the. Uh, uh, Los Angeles Chargers. So that situation is going to be one to monitor uh, in the coming weeks. 
Yeah, I see. I see with the Chargers. I feel like they're going to have to lean more on Eckler with um, how bad Herbert's got to be feeling. Um, obviously, it's it's painful. So I'm gonna I'm gonna assume we're gonna see more Eckler in the uh, upcoming weeks. That'd be welcome news for owners of Austin Eckler. I'm sure they're probably not real happy right now. So let's let's talk about. We had a couple huge injuries this weekend, Brand. Let's 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 briefly touch on some of these. So. Um, Let's let's start with Tua um, that you kind of had mentioned there. You know, he, he took that hard fall; his head slammed down on the turf pretty hard. Um, took him straight to the locker room after he got up; was real wobbly. He came back and started in the second half, and the league is actually um, launching an investigation of whether the co- uh, concussion protocols um, were followed. So it'll be very interesting to see um, on a short week uh, with Miami playing this Thursday night against the Cincinnati Bengals what happens with all of that. So Tua is one to monitor so if two is one to monitor so are all your pass catchers mm-hmm. there in Miami so be mindful of that uh, yet another quarterback from that same division get a high ankle spring and Mac Jones oh. um, so that's another one to keep your eye on um, again if you own Jacoby Myers or, or any of those guys you may watch that out for that I expect big performances from the running backs uh, in, in New England absent of uh, Mac Jones and then you had two pr- uh, premier running backs uh, get hurt. You had Dalvin Cook with the shoulder separation. They they don't expect him to miss a time a whole lot of time for that. Uh, but I don't know how many times he's going to be able to get take a hit off of that shoulder and, and stay in the game. So uh, Alexander Madison's definitely one to watch coming up, and then as well as. Uh, DeAndre Swift there in Detroit. You know, the rumors were before the game that he was good to go, expect a bigger workload, uh, and then it was pretty much all Jamal Williams. So definitely some injuries to keep your eye on there. Now with the Swift one, Dan Campbell came out earlier today, or on Monday, and uh, said that um, he definitely could uh, see it being beneficial for him to miss the next two weeks and then come back and play Dallas after Detroit's bye week. So if Jamal Williams is out there on your waivers, guys, get out there and make that your first claim in my mind. Him or Cleo Herbert should be your first claim this week because um, both Absolutely. of those guys should both those guys should take over the um, um, number one role. All right, so let's jump into some of these uh, guys that, uh, with all these injuries, let's jump into a few guys that maybe you can sell high to try to um, get some replacements or maybe some help on on uh, your injury uh, front. Um, so I'm going to go with my first guy, and uh, it's a running back. Uh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire is my sell high. Um, you know, he's he's running back three in, in most PPR leagues right now, all while playing less than 50% of the snaps every week. Um, he's only seen, I mean, he's only seen seven, eight, and seven carries in those three weeks. Um, he's had two touchdowns week one, one touchdown this past week. Or, yeah, one touchdown this past week. Um, he's pretty much touchdown dependent on his points. Um, he is seeing the targets, but with his snap share, I just don't see how that's sustainable as a as a running back number three. I mean, you're telling me with 50, less than fifty percent of the snap share, he's going to continue to see that target volume and the and uh, and that touchdown work. Jarek McKinnon's playing way too much and playing way too well with the carries that he does see. I just, I don't see this I don't see this uh, being sustainable for Ceh right now might be the best value and the biggest value that you will ever get from him because the receiving core minus Travis Kelsey is almost brand new with uh, Mahomes so Mahomes is now starting to develop that chemistry so I see Ceh's targets coming down because I see his deep balls starting to come back out a little bit more and not to mention Ceh plays 
Tampa Bay Buccaneers next this upcoming Sunday night. That's going to probably drop him pretty low in most trade minds. Sure. Um, you know, staying with the running backs, uh, I've, I've also got Cordero Patterson as a, as, as a sell high. Uh, and this is one where I, again, I put my money where my mouth is. I had him in a dynasty league. I traded him after Sunday's blow up uh, where he set his career high and, uh, with 141 yards uh, rushing. Um, here, the thing with Cordero Patterson is, is he will have more games like he did this weekend this year. Uh, it's just only going to happen in games that Atlanta can keep the score close. Uh, as we saw last week against the Rams, we got the Falcons got down early uh, to the Rams, and Cordero Patterson um, was kind of obsolete. Um, <clears throat> so in games that Atlanta's close, I think you're going to see Cordero Patterson uh, continue to have these good weeks. Uh, but when he when he's not, um, or when Atlanta's not, he's not going to be. So if you can make that be somebody else's headache, I mean, currently he's sitting as RB five. Uh, right now in PPR formats, um, and you know if 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 you can get rid of him right now for the right price, um, again this is a 31 year old running back who prior to uh, last season his best finish was his rookie year where he finished as the 26th overall uh, wide receiver back then. Um, so if you um, if you can get something for Cordero Patterson and a good return right now, it's something I strongly encourage doing. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I agree with that. I'm actually in the midst of uh, trying to move him in the Fantasy Holic League, but uh, everybody seems to want Trevor Lawrence involved in that package, and I'm not willing to move Trevor. Um, so I got to figure out a way to move him, though. Um, so my next one, I'm going to move over to the wide receivers. And this one here is a guy that um, I didn't think it was going to be this quick to move on from, and that's Terry McLaurin is my first of my two wide receivers. He only has seen three more targets through three weeks than Jahan Dotson, and he's seen less targets than Curtis Samuel. Curtis Samuel has emerged as Carson Wentz's favorite target. Not to mention, you're also looking at Logan Thomas is still there too, who's seen six, five, and three targets through three weeks. Um, And right now, Carson Wentz has sustained three top 30 PPR wide receivers. And I'm sorry I don't see that sticking through this whole year. And I think, honestly, I think Curtis Samuel is going to be the guy to uh, own in that um, in that three-headed uh, receiving core there. And I think McLaurin's going to be number two. And, and there's going to be some dud weeks for him in the upcoming uh uh, weeks. I mean, let's. I mean, thirteen, twelve, and sixteen. For most people, that's wanting them that they are wanting um, a wide receiver one out of Terry McLaurin. So right now might be the best chance to sell high on him because I, I think worse days are coming for him. Uh, we saw how bad Carson Wentz looks against you know bad defense or good defenses, and they got to play Philly again, and they got to play Dallas, who has a great pass rush and going to put pressure on them. New York Giants, who have one of the best run defenses and then pass rushers in the league right now, too. So I, I just don't see McLaurin being a top uh, top uh, 12 to 20 wide receiver. Right now he's sitting at number 25. And sure, and that's a, that's a guy that you can get um... – that you can get that's going to uh, with name value alone is going to help raise his value so uh 
if you can get anything out of Terry McLaurin right now and somebody's willing to pay you on what his name is, you, you definitely, that's an investment you're willing to take uh, and a gamble you're willing to take. Um, I, I, too, have two wide receivers that I want to discuss. Um, and the first one being is, is Marquise uh, Hollywood Brown. This week he had 17 targets, 14 receptions on 140 yards. And, you know, you may be saying, why would I trade that? Well, I'm not sure those kind of numbers are sustainable um, when – uh, D-Hop comes back and right now a lot of people in your league probably aren't thinking about the fact that D-Hop comes back except for maybe the guy that owns D-Hop or maybe the guy that owns Kyler Murray <laughs> so if, if you can pawn Marquise Brown off on somebody in your league uh, that maybe isn't paying attention um, to the fact that D-Hop comes back um, and the fact that maybe, or maybe they're not paying attention to the fact that uh, they have Philly uh, in two weeks it's also going to tank Hollywood's uh, value a little bit when Darius slays on him um, this is a guy that right now you, you could fetch a pretty good penny for just because of how uh, how much he exploded this week. He's, right now he's wide receiver 10 uh, in PPR formats. Again, it should be a pretty re- pretty good return on on uh, your draft capital that you spent on, on Marquise. And uh, let that be somebody else's problem when D-Hop comes back. Yeah, absolutely. So this last one here, I shed a little tear when I, uh, when I jotted my notes down. And I didn't realize how uh, unfortunate it has been for him. I guess, actually, as an owner of him, it's been fortunate. But um, Rashad Bateman might be a guy that you need to sell high on right now. Um, and this one hurts a little bit. Like I said, I love this guy. I, I, I've been high on him all offseason, and I am not going to trade him. Um, but I think it is time to trade him. Um, Mark Andrews is obviously the number one there. Um He's Bateman's seen five targets week one, seven targets week two, and three and four targets week three. Well, he's only caught the ball two in week one, four in week two, and two in week three. Lamar Jackson, as much as I thought he was doing a lot better with his accuracy, apparently is still Lamar Jackson. And Bateman's gonna be Bateman's gonna be almost boomer bust. This is almost like. Um, this is another one near and dear to my heart. This is almost like owning Tyler Lockett 2.0, where you're going to get a great week out of him one week because he got you that 50-yard bomb, touchdown, and then the next week you're going to get like 10 to 12 points out of him, maybe if you're lucky. And Bateman's not – until Lamar gets more accurate or gets out of there, I don't know if Bateman is that guy – um, they're running almost like a committee because we saw week one, or a committee of receivers. We saw week one, Duvernay had a great uh, outing, and then this week we saw um, Andrews really step up and be the number one. And I just don't know if Bateman can hold on to being that guy. Now, if you're starting him in your flex or flex two, I get that's great. But uh, right now is your chance. You could probably trade him to get some good value because, I mean, he is sitting as the wide receiver number 26. Eight, I think it was. So you could still get some good value. And, I mean, he's hung double-digit points every week. Um, so I think if you want anything for him, oh, he did not this week because he only saw four targets and two catches. Um, so, and he gets New England and, or no, he gets Buffalo and Cincy and the Giants coming up. So he does have a little rough stretch of schedule there. Yeah, and it's, it's worth noting, too, that his teammate, Devin DuVernay, is right now t- ranked 21st overall in, uh, in uh, PPR <laughs> formats, which is absolutely mind-boggling. Uh, but I digress. Uh, my last sell-high candidate um, is very much a sell-high candidate, and the simple fact 
that he absolutely blew up this week, and I don't think you'll see it again all season. Uh, so uh, I'm talking about Devontae Parker, um, the wide receiver in uh, New England. Uh, Ten targets this week, five receptions, 156 yards receiving on five receptions this week. Um, you know, this is a guy that uh, everybody's been panning and clawing, waiting for him to do something for the for the last several years. We haven't seen a whole lot. We had that one really good year of him, um, and then it's kind of just been nothing uh, ever since. So if you've been holding on to Devontae Parker, you've been waiting um, for him to do something, he's done it this week. Get him off your roster. Again, send him for whatever anybody's willing to sell him to you for because Mac Jones is out. Um, and Jacoby Myers happened to miss last week, uh, this or this current week, where um, you saw Devontae Parker absolutely go off. So I would get rid of Devontae Parker if at all possible. Yeah, um, uh, let's let's throw out the great news um, for our listeners to know. Uh, I officially have a week, I have officially released Kenny Galladay from my dynasty roster after three long years of holding on to him. I have officially released Kenny Galladay, so no more Kenny Galladay jokes from you. Uh, you'll, you'll still have Kenny Holiday jokes because I'm sure you'll pick him back up off the waiver after he gets you know four targets in a game here shortly. I'm not gonna um, lie, I looked but, at I looked to pick him up the, before the game tonight. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, so if you've if you've been following along with us uh, over the course of this, again with us being a dynasty show, um, one of the things that we wanted to try to do and bring to you guys um, was some college players to start looking at to start doing some early research on for your. Um, you know your rookie drafts next year um you know if you were in a super flex uh dynasty last week we talked about quarterbacks a couple quarterbacks we'll, t- we'll hit them again in a few weeks um but this week we're on to running backs um and uh, again a lot of times if you can get a premier running back those are the guys that go early so if you're 0 three in your dynasty league right now uh this may be a name for you to start looking at and that is Bajan robinson the running back the junior running back out of the University of Texas. He's oh. six foot tall, 220 pounds. Um, in 2021, he ran the ball 195 times for 1,127 yards, 5.8 yards per carry, 11 touchdowns, and he added 26 receptions for 295 yards and four touchdowns. This year, um, through four games, he's had 67 attempts, 412 yards, so averaging over 100 yards per game, 6.4 yards per carry, seven touchdowns, eight receptions, 154 yards, one touchdown. So this should be his best career year. This is a guy that a lot of people think will be one of the top picks taken in next year's uh, um rookie drafts as well as a lot of people right now are saying barring injury this could be a a first round running back which i know we don't see those too awful much um in recent memory you've had clyde edwards alaire uh Najee harris and travis Etienne. um so again we don't get a whole lot of first round running backs this is a guy that i expect to be taken in the first round of the of the uh actual nfl draft next year so one to keep your eye on there yeah, so I went out and I didn't want to. I didn't want to uh, just break out one of the uh, normal names. 
I was trying to save that uh, for a little bit later. I knew you were going with Robinson, so I wanted to get a guy that could be a little sleeper running back, a guy that nobody has seen play this year, actually. He is suspended uh, for a DUI incident out of the University of Kentucky, Chris Rodriguez Jr. Um, he had 225 attempts, 1,379 yards last year, nine touchdowns, 6.1 yards per carry, Five foot 11, 224 pounds. Now, I watched a little bit of his highlights today. I watched some of his tape today. This guy's explosive. He's quick. Um, he's 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 very shifting. He's got good vision, finding the hole. He has a lot of he has a great burst. Um, this is a guy that I honestly could see shooting up a lot of recruiting or a lot of uh, rankings. Um, as soon as he does come back, October first, he actually in um, several things that I did look up, he was um, number three on a lot of people's boards. Um, prior to his suspension last year and at the end of last year because uh, he got suspended in the offseason. So he was actually number three on a lot of people's boards going into this season. Um, so I really wanted to look into this guy because I hadn't heard his name. And uh, I do know I'm going to need running backs. Um, I seem to have an injury trend. So this is a guy that I was looking into. And, and I think this is a guy just to keep an eye on. Now I'm not saying go out there and just instantly jump on him and everything else. You know, if you're in a Debbie league or something, don't go out there picking this guy. Just instantly looking to pick him up and everything. But uh, this is a guy to keep an eye on. I, like I said, I, I watched a little bit of his tape uh, earlier today. And he looked he looked very explosive. He looked like a guy that could be a, a very good change of pace back in the NFL. And with his size, there's nothing that I mean, nothing that I saw with the size says he can't be a lead back in the NFL at five foot eleven, two hundred and twenty four pounds. He is a senior, Absolutely. so he should be coming out. Absolutely. You know, Brent, not that I would ever condone uh, driving after drinking or a DUI, but uh, when you take a bunch of young kids and you put them in Kentucky, uh, I'm not sure this is, you know, out of the realm of expectations here. Um, hopefully that young man, uh, you know, still gets a chance in the NFL uh, to show what he can do. Um, but like I said, we're going to be uh, – this is going to be an every week thing. Next week we'll come at you with a couple of wideouts to start looking at and then uh, – you know, we'll hit the tight ends after the week after that, and then we'll be right back to a couple new quarterbacks. So hopefully by the time your drafts come around, you've heard some of these names uh, on the cast and you've looked into some of these guys, depending on what position you need, and uh, maybe it helps you out a little bit. So um, I think the only thing left for us to do, Brant, is to cover this Thursday night game this week where the Miami Dolphins are traveling to Cincinnati to take on the Bengals. What do you think about this game? Well, it must be said they both are traveling. One's traveling from one's traveling from Miami to Cincy, and Cincy's coming from New York. So they both will be, you know, traveling on this short week. Um, I look for this game to be explosive. I look for um, the um, Miami offense to get back on track. Uh, Tyreek Hill seeing Eli Apple could be a dangerous thing. Um, he's already come out and tweeted, uh, "Eli Apple, I own you." Um, those may not be the exact words, but he definitely has put a tweet out saying that he owns him pretty much. Um, I look for this to be a uh, very uh, back-and-forth shootout type of game. Um, all the fantasy-relevant players that you own in, the, in this game should probably be, uh, be put in your lineup. Um, I don't see um, I don't see benching anybody. Um, and, and So this game is going to be a fun one to watch. Um, I would like to see how Miami uh, rebounds from that slugfest they had with Buffalo. Um, and I do say rebounds because 200, 200 yards offense is nothing, especially, you know, when you had um, two receivers that almost had that many yards two weeks ago. Um, well, they actually, they did. They had three, 300 combined two weeks ago. So I'd like to see them get back on track. 
Yeah, you know, I, one of the things that I'm definitely keeping my eye on is the Tua situation. Yes. Um, how's that head, head injury or, or lower back or whatever it actually ends up being uh, affect this Thursday night game? Um, on paper, it should be a pretty fun game to watch. Um, you know, that Miami secondary and Miami defense could be problems for Joe Burrow, who uh, has had a hard time staying upright and has, a hard, has had a hard time not turning the ball over. Um, we could see more of both of those things this week as well. Um, I'm sure Jamar Chase is looking to get right. Uh, I know uh, he he had a, a tough go round with Sauce Gardner. Um, the two of them got into it a little bit on the field. Jamar Chase was a little obviously uh, uh, upset. You know, it, it seemed like Sauce kind of had the clamps on him. Um, but this should be a really good Thursday night game. I know uh, you know last week's wasn't wasn't all that entertaining. I know. Uh, there was some entertainment value with, you know, Amari Cooper and, and Nick Chubb and, and things of that. But, uh, um, you know, this this should be a game where we're, we're looking for, uh, you know, our, our fantasy teams to get off to a good start right off the bat. If you got Tyreek Hill, if you've got Jalen Waddle, you know, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Joe Burrow, Tua, you're looking for these guys to put points on the board and get you started off on, a, on the right foot this week. So definitely a good Thursday night game. Uh, definitely one I'm going to be tuned in uh, and glued to. Um, I believe it it, it, uh, it needs to still be said, don't flex any of these guys on your Thursday night games. I'm going to take your little saying there. But, uh, yeah, definitely. I know there's a lot of guys, but uh, so you definitely got to be looking out on there. I mean, you're looking at Waddle, Tyreek, uh, Chase, Higgins, Boyd, Mixon. Don't flex these guys. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, you know, and again, too, I want to throw out, uh, don't hesitate – uh, to come with any of your start sits on uh, Sunday mornings when Brant and I are live uh, from from 9 a.m. Uh, Central Standard Time to 10 a.m. Central Standard Time. Come in there, hang out with us, throw some questions, get right on your Sunday mornings before these games start kicking off. Um, there will be live football this weekend when we do it with the uh, the London game this weekend. Um, so you know we look forward to that, having some football on as we as we do our live this weekend. But uh, we'll see you guys there. Yeah, and if you have any questions prior to that London game, don't hesitate to reach out to us in our messenger um, and, and ask about it either either through the Fat Boys Dynasty Facebook page or the Fantasy Holics Facebook page. Um, don't hesitate to reach out. There's a good group of guys behind the Fantasy Holics, and uh, I know that you and me will be on monitoring the message boards uh, prior to going live because, you know, we'll be getting our research in and looking at the weather. And uh, speaking of weather, um, we both would like to apologize about those horrendous storms that we talked about going through uh, Tampa Bay this week. Uh, yeah. I mean, still, there was really nobody that was that great on offense, though. No, <laughs> uh, Russell, Russell Gage and Alan Lazard were about it. But, uh, How about Dobbs' eight catch? Yeah, to Romeo Dobbs <laughs> yeah. too, which I, I think we did say uh, to we did talk about him a little bit and said that you know he was definitely one to, to watch. But uh, <laughs> yeah, every, every once in a while the weatherman's wrong and then it makes us look horrendous when we talk about it too. But uh, you know that's what happens when you try to bring your best work on a, on a Sunday morning right out when you roll out of bed. You know sometimes you can't get them all right. Brian. That's right. That's right. Um, but again, guys, thanks for listening. Hope to see you Sunday. Uh, and don't hesitate to reach out with questions. As always, stay hungry. And stay fat, my friends.